This is Joel Spolsky, the host of the Stack Overflow podcast. Our podcast depends on listeners like you, who aren't you because you're already listening, and we need more listeners like you. We don't have any kind of fancy marketing budget, so please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends to subscribe. Thank you. He's the VP of Community Product, or did they change nope, that again? VP of Stack Overflow. Yeah, I believe the idea is it describes the product and the community Stack Overflow, not the company Stack Overflow. When did you become VP of Stack Overflow? Bill changes my title every week. <laughs> my first title was Count Chocula. He sent it to the whole company. You don't look like Count Chocula. I, like I could I see could. why that didn't stick. This is the Stack Overflow Podcast, episode 104, recorded Thursday, March 9th, 2017 at Stack Overflow headquarters in New York, New York, home to the Statue of Liberty, where more than 8 million people live in peace and enjoy the benefits of near-democracy. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, the classic episode of The Twilight Zone in which William Shatner sees a gremlin on the wing of his airplane. You remember that one? Did everybody see that? No, but this was on... He's sitting in an airplane, he looks out the window, and there's a gremlin climbing on the I wing. Think, I think it's not an episode. I think it's one of the No, one it's of an the episode segments. of The Twilight Zone. Hang on. I think it's one of the segments from The Twilight Zone movie. Also, it's not William Shatner. It's redone by, like, I don't know, Billy Eichner or something. What like do you a different person. Oh, they redid it? Yeah. Oh, that was one of the weaker episodes, I think, but it got all the Are press. Are you kidding? <gasps> there's like a monster on the plane. Best nightmare ever. And Stack Overflow <laughs> Jobs, in honor of Women's History Month, Stack Overflow Jobs is showcasing opportunities at companies found by women. Go to stackoverflow.com slash jobs now to level up your career. On today's podcast, VP of Engineering, David Fullerton. Hi. Back as usual, VP of Stack Overflow, Jay Hanlon. Hello. And our news editor is Ilani Itzhaki. Hello, everyone. In the studio today, special guest, artist, engineer, satirist, and now Fog Creek community engineer, Jen Schiffer. Hello. I'm your host, Joel Spolsky. Welcome back, everyone. Thank Thanks. you. Except for Jen, who hasn't been here before. Yes, she has. Well, not to the podcast. Yeah. So welcome, Jen. Welcome to the new podcast to the for the first time. New to the particular event, going through the stuff. What do we need to talk about? Sponsor. We did that. Rant. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I just I go through the every day. They give me a little Trello card that says, "Come up with something to rant about." Do you think some, leading with that is going to be good hard. for our subscriber base? Just admitting that that's what it always is. It's also always in the same order, and every time he has to like read the order to figure out what comes next. <laughs> you know, this was a request from the people team. They said if we gave you a venue to vent and release this energy, you might stop abusing. Might stop abusing yeah. individual so, employees by it's, it's throwing like them a, out it's windows. It's like cognitive behavior therapy of <laughs> the reason you know where that gremlin. You know how the gremlin got on the wing of the airplane is the, is the gremlin's boss threw him out of a previous airplane. <laughs> Flying at an even higher altitude. Okay. For today's rant. All right. You know how people have like an AVI with like a, what do they call them? You What's know, an, like AVI? A, an AVI? So, so far, no. The answer to the question thus far is no, I don't what's know. The, what's the thing that represents you on Twitter? The avatar. Avatar. Your, Your avatar. Sorry, do you have to shorthand that because you say it so often with your crew? Your okay. AVI is an audio video format. I don't know where I picked that up. Probably your peeps. Okay. Avatar. Their avatar. avatar. Well, whatever the or thing is. Or just your profile And pick. it is their profile pic. And the profile <laughs> pic of them has just like a disembodied hand, like four fingers on oh, their shoulder. Yeah. Because they have cropped, cropped themselves it out, out of a group picture. Yeah. Of a group picture okay, sure. or some other group sure. photo. So first of all, what the heck is going on here? You're not holding a camera phone in your hands. You cannot at the moment that you're making your LinkedIn profile. Just take a picture of yourself right then and there. Your computer has a camera. Your Facebook probably has thousands of pictures in it of you, even if you didn't take them. I mean, you could literally Google yourself 
but maybe they're but not smizing take... in those pictures. They yeah. gotta go with the right. This is the one thing. good picture of them yeah. that no, unfortunately that's... has that guy that Just they don't so like. Weird. It's so weird. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Soviet situation where they would constantly crop people out of pictures oh, yeah. that were no longer They'd acceptable. They put a vase where Stalin party. used to be so yeah. they could still have the photo of Lenin. Or... or like Back to the Future when he changes the future in the past and his family members fade out of the picture. Yeah. Kind of, except that they were but like their hands aren't that. still there. But you still see a hand, and that's how you know that something mysterious is going on. It's an ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend. I call it the X-crop. The X-crop. Yeah. Oh, like it's a power move. X-crop. Like, I'm obvious. here and you're not. Yeah. And I'm thriving on social media. Oh, but I sense. still don't have a camera phone. Yeah, <laughs> I lost that. I lost that in the breakup. <laughs> My big beef is when people and I have children. I'm not trying to get you off on how much you hate children and babies again because that did not make you popular online. But yeah, I don't like when people for yeah. their avatar put yeah. a photo of anyone else, including their adorable right. children, right? Because an avatar it's says confusing. like, imagine this right. person talking to you, and I'm yeah. like, why is that kid saying such vile yeah. things to me? I use taco sometimes. Oh, yeah. An animal can work. Animals are okay, but other people... How about you as a baby? Or my friend Peter has himself, I think, in the womb, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) An ultrasound picture? Yeah. 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 A selfie. A selfie (laughs) taken in the womb. No. So about these... Avies again. Yeah. So the the you're. Sorry. I call them avies, by the way. You really? Yeah. Joel didn't just make that up. I gotta look that up. Man. You have to be really no, cool to understand. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I'm on the outside. Thank you, Jen. Uh, that actually makes a lot of sense because Jay is not very cool. Look, it's literally the first thing in Urban Dictionary. It's not the first thing in Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Where if you look up AVI, that is. That's like saying you're the first thing in Wikipedia once you've searched for Joel Spolsky in Wikipedia. Well, yes, okay. No, but you guys thought it meant some kind of multimedia. Okay. You literally Googled the word and were amazed that it was <laughs> the first result for that word itself. Okay. Now, today I actually have three rants. Oh, oh good. <laughs> Everyone was complaining not enough rants on the podcast. Number two, what's with people that only have an email account that they share with their spouse? Totally with you there, too. I can't believe how much I agree with you today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are super confusing, too, because unless they right. sign their name, you don't know who you're talking Who's to. Who's sending it to you. Right, right. And they're like, why does it matter? We do everything together. But then they don't. You told one, and then the other one didn't know. And Real people do that? Yeah, oh, yeah. A few, yeah. I've seen Facebook pages that are oh, joint, that's even worse. joint Facebook pages for married couples, but I've yeah. never seen a joint email. My dad and stepmom used to share one. And like again, yeah. they just they didn't need email that much, and they were always together. And then the client confuses the crap out of you, yeah. where it's like a message from Bob and Jessica Heinlein Frankel. And it's yeah. like, and everything breaks in my brain. I don't like it at all. No, it should it. not be a lot. Who do you address and it you to? You also, when you find somebody new, I guess if you know the people, it's fine. When you find somebody new that's doing that, you start to think, that this is like one of those couples that don't trust each other at all, and they're trying to show how much they trust each other by sharing their email account. But actually, they literally like do not trust each other to have their own email like, account. We're so trusting and in love that we yeah. audit each other's bank statements every day. Yeah, every, every day. day. Every day. My husband gives me his iPhone, and I go through his. And you can only have one email. So like, if you have a joint email, then that definitely doesn't mean they have their own individual emails where they're cheating on each other. Right, right, right. Oh, right. They've successfully They have a cheating email. They have a special account for cheating. That's true. My sense is this is all people who got their email addresses set up like in the 90s before people kind of understood. It was like back when you had one phone number for an entire house. It might be, but okay, go ahead and change it. Remember when you used to have to, you call somebody and you would get their house and somebody random who lived there would pick up and then you'd have to ask for the person you actually wanted to talk to. Richard's residence? Dad! It's that guy again. <laughs> okay, third complaint. So I had to kind of my bank. I'm trying to every once in a while I want to figure out how much money I spend on the beach house because Michael Pryor pays me a part of it. 
Let me just start by saying out there. you are not going to get a sympathy society no, or know, supportive medium posts about your problems over this one yes. so far. Go on. Yeah, well, this is so hard. Where is this beach house? It doesn't matter. It's a little shack. It doesn't, uh-huh. doesn't matter. But it has expenses and Michael pays some of them. And I need to figure it out for tax purposes once a year. And in order to do this, I need to go to the bank and find all the bill payments that I've been making and download them. And there's like 230 on there. You have to go to the bank? Go to the bank website. Okay. This is going yeah. to the bank today. Dig- these days. Digital these, bank. Yeah, yeah, kids. yeah. Your Abby walks the little bank graphic, <laughs> presses, like, talks the little bank teller person in the- He puts on his <laughs> Oculus Rift and he walks. <laughs> in place. The... In place, mind you. So Just I'm at a bank website, bounces. something that has happened to all of you, and I'm sitting there saying, how the heck am I going to get this data and download it? But luckily, almost every bank is very kind, and they have provided the service of the CSV download. Right, you've sure. all seen that. Sure, seems yes, they have a quick and download too. Revolutionary, yes, like, seems revolutionary. It's not a big deal, but I know that almost nobody uses this because what I'm going to do is I'm going to download it into Excel and sort and slice and dice, sure. and I'm going to get sure. just the transactions that I need out of those 292 transactions yep. instead of typing every single one of them. And yep. there's like 30 that I really need, you know, for like the utilities and the whatever. Okay. The guy that cleans the pool. Was that the rant or was that the context for the no, rant? No, that's the context for the rant. And every time okay. I find the little CSV download button, which takes about 45 minutes because they move it every time, I'm overjoyed and delighted. I feel a little bit like I deserve this, but I didn't really expect to get it. You know what I mean? I'm trying to find a socially acceptable way to say that I'm delighted when CSV download has been provided as an option for me, because even though I feel like I'm entitled to it, I also feel like it's something that not very many people need, and therefore they sometimes forget, even though you are completely entitled to it right. and deserve it. So my takeaway from this is we should add a CSV download to Stack Overflow. Do we not have CSV download? We do. Just download the whole website. Well, yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> remember, this is the one, remember when I demanded that feature on stackexchange.com slash sites? Oh, there is a CSV download on that page. Yeah, right. Right. I needed the, it. The list yeah, of yeah. sites you can download as CSV. Yeah. So thank you for listening to Joel's rant. I'm not done. That was just the setup. Oh my gosh. That was gosh. just the setup. So I went to the I bank, that was the needed rant. to download some transactions in CSV so that I could cut and paste, was delighted to discover that they actually had a CSV download. And it worked last year perfectly. This year, however... They have improved the quality of their page that shows you transaction listings so that when you have a bill payment, instead of saying bill payment dash and then the name of the payee, it now says bill payment BR, you know, like HTML, start a new line, and then the name of the payee. So it's on a separate line, and it looks really cool on the HTML. It's break the CSV what file. do you think happens it in the CSV second, file? It creates a second row that no. then makes it. You not... just get bill payment. You don't get the name of the payee. So the CSV does not have the name of the payee, and it's useless. You just get a whole. You sure it's not full hidden under payments. a hard return, but not yeah. displayed in the cell? I checked that. I checked okay. that with Alt F2 and all those options and so forth. Yeah. You sure you know how to use Excel properly? Maybe I, I could help you. Pretty sure. Yeah. That's what my first guess was that there was some kind of carriage return in there. And then I realized that even though they have provided the amenity of the CSV page, which was delightful, even though I'm entitled to it, and there is a bill of CSV rights somewhere. Even though I'm entitled to the CSV download, it is obviously something that they give the summer intern to do, and it's like the least qualified person on the team, and the person has no idea. It doesn't know all the different situations, like bill payment and so forth. doesn't really deal with them. And all the people that are changing the display on the HTML are not thinking about what's going to happen to CSV export, because CSV export sounds like an irritating little thing to give that twerp intern that we have. I think a more realistic scenario is that the intern wants your beach house, and so they're annoying you to the point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I think no. it's more of a long more con like the scenario than a, than a bad just, intern. Just kick out the, the priors. <laughs> just that makes sense, too. The money that they pay for their right. half of the beach house right, right. is more trouble to you every year to extract that money than yeah. 
Well, the struggle is real. If you'd like to support Joel's GoFundMe page, you can Send go to... Send all CSV files that you can find See, to this is everybody's attitude at... towards CSV download, and this is why you're going to be cutting and pasting things until the day you die off our websites. No, look, the real answer is you don't use the bank website. You try to avoid it at all costs. You there hire are websites that yeah. you log into that talk to your bank website for you so that you never have to log into your stupid bank website because Ooh. they're also stupid. Oh, wait. Does Mint.com give you like yes. CSV download? And I'm pretty sure Mint, I'll, mm. I'll log in right now, but I'm pretty sure they have a download transactions and you can idea. filter it to get the transactions you want and search and then... I just liked when you said cutting and pasting like the end with an N apostrophe and I cutting imagine and like a good cutting. a yes. good nerd sketch yeah. where a bunch of old timey cowboys yeah. are learning basic computer editing functions yeah. and debating how they work. Yeah. 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 Maybe good. I'd watch that. Well, we've done cutting but pasting is next week in class. You just want to be copying, right? Not cutting. Copying. By default. Copying anyway. and pasting. Now, where was I? Oh, one minute tech review. Okay, speaking of bank websites. Oh, good. Today's one minute tech review is the date chooser that pops up a calendar for the month. The date chooser thingamajiggy on my bank's website. Where it website. shows you a visual month as opposed to it a does. roll bar. Or and at the top, sure, it says sure. March 2017, because that's what you're looking it's at. And then it shows you a calendar. You have to describe what a calendar looks like. And yeah. it has a little less than in the top left-hand corner and a greater than in the top right-hand corner. And if you're looking at March 17th and you want to go to February 17th, what do you do? You click less than. It's not less than, it's back, I think, in that particular context. Well, means previous month. It means previous month, but it's, you know, ASCII, it's the ASCII character, you know, shift, yes, yes, I, comma. I, you're right. Yep. yep. Okay. So, on this particular bank website, some months- You don't want to shame anybody? And, and some months. Remember, if you're a sponsor, we no. never shame you. Just saying. Right. Go on. Except Uber. Some months <laughs> have five weeks, and some months have six weeks, depending on this. That is not accurate. No. It is totally accurate. If the month starts on- Six? Saturday it's and six? ends on Sunday. It's four to five, I believe. Doesn't matter. A month that starts on Saturday and it's oh, 31 I, days okay, okay, okay. requires six rows. I, I see. Okay. And you could get it down yes. as low as four rows if it's February. And it all um, aligns perfectly. And it That's happens to start on Sunday. Very rare. Usually you have either you five need four or to six. six rows is the point. Correct. I see for a week. And yeah, they okay. had just decided that this whole thing shall be centered vertically. My, if I'm getting my verticals, my horizontals wait, has, right. Wait, this little pop up has scrolling? No. But on the page, Anyway, the point is, as you go to different months, the whole thing moves around, and therefore, the little less than in the top left-hand corner is moving up and down underneath oh. the mouse as I'm clicking Oh, it. it's anchored on the center, not on the top. Right. I see. Right. And so, naturally, Ooh. what you want to do, let's say that your job with this bank is to do something typical, which is to download a CSV of all transactions in the previous year. <laughs> Results not typical. Go on. <laughs> Come on. How can that not be a typical use case? Then it wants to know the date range of the CSV file that you're downloading, and it gives you these two idiotic, just let me type one slash one slash 2016. But no, I have to pop up the little thing, and it's on March 17th, which is a good default. And then I have to go back, 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 which I was willing to do. I only have to do it 15 <laughs> times. I can live with this to get to January 1st, 2016. You're trying to meet them in the willing. middle here. I, I, you're I am very, willing to do yeah, this. Yeah. I clicked it 16 times, and I'm literally logged off on the website, and I've already bought a timeshare in some other city because everything keeps moving under the mouse as I'm clicking the little month flash date indicator. It's a disaster. Are you sure this isn't a fourth rant? Yeah, that was just another rant. No, that was, it was a tech review. totally that is indistinguishable from the previous three rants. For whatever the little date selector is being used by that particular <laughs> bank, and I rated an <laughs> F. This is more ranting about your bank. <laughs> to tech review. We should find a really F. cool Literally. light switch or another cool toilet seat. <laughs> Thank you, Alana. That would shockingly I that know, would I never ra things. really rated it. The okay. 
Are you using the podcast the way people waiting for airlines that have been delayed use Twitter? Like, also, I don't understand what's happening right now. And also, United Airlines. Just, the point is, just use Mint. It has a CSV export. I just tested it. It works beautifully. Okay, thank you. I'm starting to use Mint starting right now. Mint.com. Not a sponsor. You heard it here, folks, listeners. The struggle so is F, real. That's my tech review. The only reason it was more than a minute is because you guys could not let me get through my explanation of what I was yeah. trying to explain. And because yeah. of all the clicking around, because of the arrows moving, he's got three beach houses now. <laughs> <laughs> purchased additional so, so accidental and, and one of them has an above ground beach houses. Pool. Yeah, that's, that's more cut and paste and... What is that exactly? It's just like a pool, but it's above the ground? They take your in-ground yeah. pool and it's they on, elevate it. They put it on, on risers. They put it on risers. That sounds fun. Yeah, so you can look your, down on the world. Wouldn't that block your, your view of the ocean? It's in a cloud. Sorry. So quaint. Put it opposite the gift wrapping wing of the house and it fits Can we get perfectly. to the Constitution? This thing is a shack, okay? It's like a caddy. It's like a shack. It's just it's an actual shack. Please tell me it's like caddy shack and there's a gopher that you're at war with there's for a, gopher, a long period of time. We used to have even worse. What are those really ugly things that eat? Mole. We had a mole. I've been to Joel's beach house. It is not on the beach, but it is a house. Aha. Aha. That's Aha. about it. Okay. Can we get on to the Constitution question? We, we are on it. I was thinking we should transition to anything else. Yes, that'd be great. Wait till you hear what today's question is. Oh, good. Oh, wonderful. We did this one. Okay. By the way, listeners, as you know, we're preparing a Constitution for Stack Overflow each week. We bring you a proposal, and you decide on whether or not that proposal becomes a part of our new constitution by voting in a survey, pro or con. Last week's question was pro or con. If you're making a sandwich for yourself, do you cut it in half? And with the results of last week's survey question, here's news editor Ilani Itzkagi. Our results, it was cut in half, actually. 50-50. What? Okay. Seriously. No, you, so you call Twitter so and have them delete I am so serious. Things. I'm so serious. We got to flip a coin then. We can't have a constitution question without a resolution. We need the vice president. Get the vice president. What I just learned on, is half of society, or at least it's half of It's the perfect question developers. to be 50-50. Are you kidding? Wait, 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 wait. That's true. That is very ironic. Jay and David are both vice presidents, so you can both vote to split the tie. My vote was already oh, in there. Oh, we're like I the tweeted president of the Congress, but I did not But it's the vice president vote. of the United States gets so, the split ties. Yeah, yeah, he's the president of the Congress. Oh. So, the Senate, Jay, what's your Senate. vote? Cut in half? Absolutely. Okay, Done. so we shall cut in half. What Joel's suggesting that you wouldn't cut it in half because you're not giving it to someone else, it makes me assume he walks yeah. around naked what? in his yeah. house. Like, I did not You still image. follow society's <laughs> conventions just when no one is there. This is... Well, I want to tell you who the winner is. Andrew Wilkinson at Andrew JW Pro. All bread products taste better when cut diagonally. True for sandwiches, toast, and especially bagels. Okay, so first of all, that was Diagonally good. a bagel? Yeah. I like trolling the brunchers. Always Number fun. one, did anybody see that thing where you cut a bagel along a Mobius strip and you get like... Did you just say bagel? I have seen yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. The Mobius bagel. Okay, that was awful, right? No, it's There awesome. is like a 10-minute YouTube video by Drew Gooden, which everybody should go watch. We'll link to it in the show notes, making fun of that. Number two, what about a hamburger? Do you cut your hamburgers in half? No, I'm an American. Sometimes I it's do if it's too... If it's too big. If it's too cumbersome. If it's too okay. big I will allow to handle, then I will fair. cut it in half. Even fair. if you don't have access to toothpicks with a little... Yes. Yeah. You don't bite into the burger while the toothpick is in. That's like a safety hazard. I agree. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think you kind of <laughs> work your way around the... No, I view that like eating a fish that might have a bone in it. I'm freaked out the whole time. All right, time. let's save that for a future constitution question. All right, today's survey question. I don't remember if we did this. This is an actual programmer question. I'm sorry. But if you're writing an if statement in certain languages... Sure. And you're comparing a variable to a constant. So if okay. x equals zero, for so example. So far, even I can follow you. This is exciting. Yeah. So the typical case would be to write if x equals zero. But because in the C programming language, that would cause the error if you only include one equal sign of then assigning the value of zero to x and then always returning false. A lot of people have adopted the technology of flipping it around and writing if zero equals x. 
and putting the constant on the left. And then just to remember to stay in that mode, they always put the constant first. So the question, constitution question is, shall you put the constant first in your if statements? Constant goes first and then the variable or whatever it is that you're calculating goes on the right-hand side. Is that a good survey question? What's the argument against? The argument against is that it's backwards. That nobody writes that way. <laughs> it's just oh, backwards. right, right. Syntax, uh, like right. If x equals 2. In prosaic, it's crazy. Somehow everybody's saying, been taught to write if x equals 2. But yeah. if 2 equals x looks right, really weird. Right, because you, you don't think of think if a constant it. is, a constant just is. Yeah. Like it isn't sometimes one thing and sometimes another. I see. Yeah. Yeah, you're always thinking if this thing is equal yeah. to 4, yeah. then you don't think if 4 is equal to this thing. You're changing the protagonist of the story when you switch it That's around. That's a great yes. point. Ah, the protagonist. That's right. You want to mention the protagonist first. Yeah. I wonder if there are human languages where... That just looks backwards and you want it to be the other way around. It's sort of like every once in a while somebody invents a new programming language, like some trendy thing like Ruby, and they put stuff like at the end of the line that used to go at the beginning of the line. Yeah. I want to make fun of Spanish and languages that put the question mark at the beginning where it's super ridiculous because yeah. then, you know, right when you yeah. start a sentence, yeah, you already know it's going to be a question. Properly. No, that sounds yeah. smarter than our thing. Yeah, yeah. No, that actually makes better. a lot of sense. I like <laughs> Probably better. Tell us later. Come on, we'll find out. Like, I'll read it and then determine what tone it should be in. Okay, okay pro or con, flip the variable and the constant. Post your answer to Twitter using the hashtag Stack Overflow Podcast. All one word with either pro or con and your explanation. Short but convincing. Wait, pro is which one? Pro is flip them. So put the constant first. Got backwards. It. Yeah. The other argument, by the way, for putting the constant first is that sometimes the variable part is like some complicated function call that you're going to do and you just want to check if it's successful. So you've got like some function call with 14 arguments and you want to check if that just returns, you know, one meaning success then you can kind of get the equals one out of the way. And then, you know, your line continues for another 132 characters off to the right while it just goes blathering on about all the things that you want to do, which nobody has to read. And so they get all the important information right at the beginning. Okay, post your answer to Twitter using Stack Overflow Podcast, the pro con your explanation, short but juicy, fit it in 140 characters. The best explanation, all we care about is the best explanation, whichever is funniest or the, the most convincing explanation. We do not care whether you are on the winning side or the losing side. It will be read on next week's podcast, and you will win a fabulous Stack Overflow sticker, courtesy of the Stack Overflow podcast. The stickers really are fabulous, folks. I mean, they're great. They're you're going to see the sticker and be like, that is a fabulous sticker. Here's the thing. Everybody will be like, where'd you get the Stack Overflow sticker? You're going to put it on your laptop, and people are going to recognize it right away, and they're going to be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Why don't I have one of those? And I'll tell you why. Because we're not like one of those boring Silicon Valley companies. So unlike all the boring Silicon Valley companies, everybody in Silicon Valley walking around with a laptop full of all the same stickers from Airbnb and Dropbox, presumably, and other Silicon Valley companies because right. they all live in. But we're in the cloud, I think, or <laughs> New York. Basically the same thing. Anyway, we're not in Silicon Valley, so nobody has our stickers. That's right. Highly sought after. If you're smart and you win one of these, you'll sell it for like $100 because they're quite valuable. Yeah. On the black market, on the dark web. Don't say that. We're going to have to send people 1099 You masks. sure are in the cloud. <laughs> Actually, we had to deal with that. You're in some cloud. We, had the, we found some for company that was like selling our stickers. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like for a minute there, Larry David got drunk Wait, and just started talking yeah. on the podcast. I spoke to Jack about I don't know, like it was like five or eight dollars or something. I'm outraged. I may or may not have purchased a novelty T-shirt that uses our logo against our. Oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. I bet it's the one I own. Is it Stark Overflow? No, that would be a good one though. Uh, Snack Overflow. I bought Stark Overflow. It's a violation of our IP. I think I bought the one that's Princess Leia leaning <sighs> over a computer and says, "Help me, Stack Overflow. You're my only hope." It's got our logo on the computer screen. It's a great t-shirt. Oh, I would have bought that too. And then sent a cease and desist letter, obviously. I was going to say, do you like buy it and then sue them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have, you have it's like an entrapment thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, yeah. I get it.
You got to diversify your monetization streams trying to get people to violate your IP and suing them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to work at the NBA and they were like all on that. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's their business model. Okay. What have we got? It says here on my show notes. Startup or shut up. That we have an episode of Startup or shut up. <laughs> All right, guys, you ready for this? Three rounds. How does this I'm work? Never ready three for rounds. This. Wait, Jen, do you know the rules? I'm no. going to tell her right now. Three rounds, three startups per round. One of them is fake. I always forget how many are fake. <laughs> so two are real and one is fake. It's like two truths I'll and a lie. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> or usually are you two ready? are ridiculous and one I'm is fake. I'm never ready. ready. You just have to, you, I'm ready. You have to Let's figure do out this. which one is fake. Maybe... If one more person could explain to Jen either how this works or how to subtract two from three, I think, are you, do you need any more? I think she's good. She's probably good now. All right. Let's go for the first startup. House party, life on the air. Welcome to the house where the party is always on. When you and your friends are in this app at the same time, you'll see each other instantly. One tap and you're in. Definitely real. I'm withholding judgment okay. until I hear the other two. Ready? Flutter, dating app. Flutter is the first app that lets you meet people on your phone the same way you meet them in real life. And we make it as fun huh? as Snapchat. <laughs> birthday party. By staring at a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need me to read it again? Yeah, yes, please. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, Flutter, a dating app. Flutter is the first app that lets you meet people on your phone the same way you meet them in real life. And we make it as fun as Snapchat. What does that even mean? What? How is that different than the first one? By connecting party? you on house party. <laughs> 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 it just launches. Wait, house party. is that okay. flutter like F L U T T E R or L U T T E R? Because it could also flutter. be flutter like F L O O D R, presumably missing the E. As fun as Snapchat. Can I meet people while I have like giant anime eyes and butterflies twirling around my head? Like your heart is fluttering. Oh, okay, that makes more sense than flutter. Mm -hmm. flutter. Oh, I thought like it was F L O O D R -E. with no E. I knew what she was saying. You knew what she was saying. <laughs> Maybe you know saying. it's a, a real. Flutter app. is something completely oh. different. We're not going to go there. The third one, what? the Daily Fox curated dating app. Online dating is hard, so we're here to help. Our online matchmakers find the right singles just for you. Why let an algorithm control your love life? <sighs> They're really pitching the Yenta versus the algorithm here, basically, right? <laughs> That's their thing. Okay. All Which of these sound plausible. Yeah. They're not ridiculous. I'm going to, I'm going to. So Which what we got to do is now is. Which one's the fake one? Which one's the fake one? Which right? one's the fake one? I have, to have trouble with that. House party, life on the air, Flutter. Dating. I'm sorry. Wait, is Flutter with the, or without the E? F-L-U-T-T-E-R. All right. I'm going with Flutter only because they would have a hard time getting that domain name. That's right. I'm going to go with Flutter because that's right. There's, if there's an E in there, it can't be real. I'm picking Flutter too. That sounded. I'm going to say Daily Fox. That just sounds so corny. <laughs> and like all dating app have corny names, but that's like next level. Yeah, super corny. All right. The real fake one is the Daily Fox. Oh! 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 Go, Jen. Wow. Thank you. All right. I'm starting that startup right now, Daily Fox. <laughs> You're gonna have to start talking like this. Maybe still adding say you all to my newsletter. The Daily Fox. The Daily Fox. All right, you ready for round two? I'm never probably ready. not even on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> we could probably school the kids. We can tell them what a fox is in Urban Dictionary. Okay. Number one. Slang for what a fox. Good looking. Hey, like I want to yeah. hear the options. Okay. All right. All okay. Right. Okay. Vera Fawcett, for example. <laughs> Number one. Deeper machine learning to accelerate reimbursement. Innovative, <laughs> innovative artificial intelligence to help you read, structure, and understand company insurance reimbursement records. The only reason this is possible is a startup might not have a okay. marketing department to challenge Deeper as a brand Deeper. name. Okay. Ooh. All right. Number two, trusted, better childcare. Trusted alleviates the pain parents face in discovering, scheduling, and paying for high-quality vetted childcare using deep learning. 
<laughs> I think you mean deeper learn. No, they go with deepest learning. Machine learning. Yeah, okay. The third one, Smartling. Smartling uses technology to transform the way content is created and consumed around the world. Smartling helps brands access new markets, more customers, and greater value. S M A R T L I N G. That's so vague, it has to be real. I agree. <laughs> yeah. That's like a, a spinoff of Accenture or something. That's probably a real thing. All right. So we got Deeper, Trusted, and Smartling. There are definitely 22 apps that do something like what Trusted does. Yeah. Right, I'm going to go with Trusted as the fake one. No. <sighs> deeper. I'm going Deeper. Deeper? I'm going, going Deeper. I'm going Deeper also. I'm going Trusted just to not be the same as everyone else. All right. Well, Deeper... Is the fake one. Woo! Dang it. Yay. Yes. That's the second one I've ever gotten right in all the I rounds we've like, done. I don't think we're ready for like super niche deep learning things and like figure out insurance. It's like a super niche thing. Now, deep learning for learning how to download a CSV file if you're a bang sounds like a good idea. By the way, the domain name derper.com is available. Buy derper? It. Derper. It's like when your dog is making a silly face, it's, it's derping. When it's what? If your dog is making a silly face, it's oh. like a derp face. I think Joel's derp. giving an example. It's not necessarily derp. limited to your dog, but it has derping. a broader meaning. Derper. Did we ever actually buy Linky Dink? Derp. <laughs> we did. We did LinkyDink.in. <laughs> I just tried going there. It doesn't seem to go anywhere. We may have No, no, I just bought the domain name, and I, I think I let it lapse. Yeah, oh, I That's a great domain name. All right, round three. Skirt, drive anywhere. Skirt is shaping the Skirt. future of mobility with the fastest, most convenient way to book a car and have it delivered right to you wherever you are. Skirt, S-K-U-R-T. Oh. Ugh. The U. They don't Ugh. even spell it right. Yeah. Okay. There's a hundred Uber clones. All right. Here's the second one. Inkling, on-demand printing services. Use our app to upload your documents to the cloud and easily print them at your closest Kinko's staples or even your local library okay that's weird because like the kinko's app does that yeah sure. yeah okay three busily meetings <laughs> on demand a mobile uh. app for instantly booking meetings at hotels in less than a minute professionals can compare prices uh. options picking a meeting room choose food beverage and other amenities and invite their guests Bizly, okay b-i-z-l-y what was the first one so you have skirt again? skirt with a u with a u skirt inkling or busily they all have horrible double entendres. I'm not even going to go into what any one of these could be used for. I hope Bizly is real because that would be, yeah. and I hope they're biz.ly yeah. because that would yeah. be the worst Biz. domain name ever. That was you use it to book a skirt? You mean a skirt? I think, I think skirt's skirt. fake. I do too. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Bizly because it sounds like the Libyan domain has sort of been out of fashion for a while. I definitely saw someone pitch this exact idea on Shark Tank, but for the rooms, for like unused rooms, it was like a clearinghouse. Oh, yeah, rooms. I saw that Shark Tank episode yeah. too. It was a clearinghouse, like you could book a room when you have four hours for, for a meeting. They got shut yeah. down. You could book rooms hourly and... I did see that. Yeah, they <laughs> Nobody like discussed some... the implications of that. <laughs> they were trying to clear this unused inventory of like partial days for hotels, yeah. for business travelers. Anyway, I'm going with Inkling because nobody else picked it. Okay. And the fake one is... Inkling! Damn it! Yes. I got a point! Damn it. Wait, so who won? I got two I points. Oh, Jen won. Oh, yeah. Jen won. But I got one right. But you have to be more dramatic about the reading of the cards. Okay, let's try this again. In third place is everyone. Okay, got it. <laughs> got it. Then I prefer to think we're tied for second, technically. <laughs> Wait, did uh, 
PricewaterhouseCooper, give me the right envelope. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still Jen. Startup. She's still the winner. Congratulations. Thank you. Are we still giving away the toilet bowl brushes? Oh. Oh, we can deliver it live. No shipping and handling. We have a warehouse filled with Clorox toilet wands. Lifetime supply. <laughs> that was the original prize. No, that was the original prize for Stump Nick Craver, but oh, he never, right. he yeah. never yeah. won no. it. Oh, yeah. I prefer not to think of that episode. Okay. What's next on the lineup? I think that's it. Okay. We're done, right? Yeah. No! no. We're not done. <laughs> Damn it! We've actually got interesting things to talk about today. We have yeah. Jay's four rants. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Let me start by talking about not knowing where to store all my money, because that's been making me crazy. I've got no room. Yeah. So, speaking of money, I yeah. can't believe I can make this a segue. We have Jen Schiffer, also known as Jen Money Dollars. Yep, that's me. She's an old school 90s gangsta, I assume. That's is my well. IRC handle. Nice. But not your Twitter handle. You can find her no. on Twitter under Jen Schiffer or online at jenmoney.biz. And as I think Joel mentioned, she's an engineer, educator, tech satirist from New York City. She is hilarious if I recommend following her on Twitter or reading her stuff. And also, I will say, I used your pixel art app. I don't know how long ago. It's at least a couple of years. It reminded me, I remember using a program called ResEdit, RegEdit, way back in the day on the Mac, where you could like make your own icons in pixels, basically. <sighs> what was that called? ResEdit. 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 It was. But it's phenomenally fun, and I used before I even knew who you were. And you have worked at a bunch of places, including the department administrator at Montclair State, where you were both doing curriculum and teaching, it sounds like? Teaching, curriculum, recruiting, advising, basically, yeah. You were the dean of the college, as far as I can tell, basically. Yeah, you can say that, yeah. Okay. Worked at NBA.com, where I understand you were a power forward. Is that also accurate? Stats.nba.com. David, is power forward an actual athlete who plays basketball? Did I get, how'd I do there? No. It's a third base. Damn, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that, oh, that Evan Costello sketch you're referencing. I love that. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. I love old timey. I comedy. did comedy there. That was my role. Been at Boku, but what we want to talk about is, I believe, when you're listening to this podcast, it will have been announced just today. You have a new role. I do. Can you tell us what it is? I am the new community engineer at Fog Creek. Fog Creek. I think have we wow. had we've had Fog Creek people on before. Do we know Fog Creek? We know Fog Creek. Congratulations. That is super exciting. And what does that mean? As someone who has had community in their title in the past, that confuses everyone. I've, I've been the VP uh-huh. of community growth and community yeah. growths and community products and all kinds yeah. of things. But what will you be doing specifically at Fog Creek? So this is a new role specifically in what will be called on Monday, the Glitch team. Glitch is our rename of GoMix. It's a new product out of Fog Creek. And we are trying to build a really awesome, inclusive community of users and company friends and partners and stuff like that to use this tool. And I will be there to facilitate that creation of community as well as building things with the product to get people excited about using Glitch. Awesome. So Glitch, formerly known as GoMix, formerly known as HyperDev, longtime listeners will remember Anil Dash, who I assume now works for you. He like gets you sandwiches in this new role. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's servant leadership, man. Make him do it. <laughs> servant leadership means he has to make you grilled cheese sandwiches and he has to cut them he diagonally. Has to cut them. If the sun is ever in your eyes, he has to install blinds. Like Just right there. Say, pseudo make me a sandwich. Yeah. And then he really has to. And can you talk about Glitch for a second? Yeah. Glitch is an in browser code editor when you first like go to it. Yep. There is a lot of in browser editors for code, but this one kind of just looks like the typical editor that we use at work. There's sort of like a file listing on the side. It's just like how we normally program. So it is useful for advanced developers. But my main focus personally is bringing more people into being interested in learning how to code. There's like this huge movement of everyone should learn how to code, but I feel like everyone should 
have the ability to learn how to code if they want to, and also make sure that the community that they're learning in is a welcoming one, one where they feel like they can ask questions and get answers in like a timely manner. You might see this with other existing services like Stack Overflow, you know? And so this isn't a competitor to Stack Overflow, but I feel like we, we all have the same. You. We would destroy you. If Your stickers are very nice. <laughs> we just have boxes and boxes of stickers from the previous brand right? names. <laughs> but we all sort of like have the same mission. Yep. And so this is another tool to facilitate that. And it like looks cute. I think it looks cool. And we are building little building block apps so that people can remix projects. If you see a project on Glitch or you see a project on GitHub that you want to like remix as your own, you can do that, you know? For example, I built a Twitter OAuth with Passport building block that all it does is has a button. This is login with Twitter. You click it, you're logged in. Because who likes rolling their own OAuth? Well, you can just go to the community site and click remix and you have the OAuth set up, build your app on top of it. So it's like cool for people who are just learning how to code and also people who want to prototype an app. You don't have to deal with DevOps. We handle that for you. Awesome. So you start out with like a node backend app. Now there's all sorts of like cool little things that we're working on to make the experience better. And when I was learning how to code, it was kind of later on in like high school. I didn't get a computer at home until like my senior year. I'm only 32. And I learned how to build sites by viewing source. And that's like not really a thing that you see today. Browsers have sort of obfuscated the view in source browser, button. Going to the view source yeah, code and yeah. If, you're, if you're at a yep. website and you're yep. like, oh, I like yeah. how to do this, I'll view the source yep. and like copy and paste it. I'm a JavaScript developer and a lot of the stuff that I've been building over the past year, my last job as a consulting company was with React or Ember and Angular. And they were great tools for me as a developer, but I never thought like, oh, what are people who are going to view source going to like see? They're not going to see anything, you know? Right. They see uh, like a mushed up kind right, of right. So there's like squished, yeah. condensed, upside down output of yeah. some tool. Yeah. And they'll copy and paste that and nothing will happen. And they'll be like, <laughs> sure. what the heck? You yeah. know? And also with like Node yeah, as a backup. Yeah, that whole copy paste experience is obviously gone because there are a million date choosers on the web. <laughs> the programmers at <laughs> my bank could not cut and paste any of them using source. They had to invent their own, which is broken, yeah. in a new way that they found to break it after the web has been around for only 20 years and they found a new way to break the date chooser. Don't waste your time copying Sorry. and pasting, cowpokes, because it'll be a waste of time. Go on, Jen. Sorry, you were saying. <laughs> but yeah, so trying to bring the whole early aesthetic of source back to the web, and not only just for front end, but with Node also. You can't view source of yeah. like the back end, but with a glitch app, you can view the back end files as well. And I think that that's really cool because not everyone who wants to learn how to code wants to just know how to do front end. They want to know how to get stuff on the web. They want to like handle the back end stuff. And we're also like focusing on connecting the community with developers who have APIs that they want you to use and getting awesome. them to work together. It's also like a multi-user collaboration tool. Multiple people can be in there writing on the same file at the same time and you can work together. And that's a cool thing. So with make8bitart.com, the pixel editor sure. that you had mentioned, that was my first JavaScript project. Really? I wanted to leave academia and I was like, I want to learn JavaScript and I also do pixel art. And so I was like, I'll build a tool to do that. And like HTML5 was like a new hot thing and the Canvas API and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'll just build this thing with that. And I did. And a lot of people will send me emails of like stuff that their kids have made. And oh, they, that's so nice. And yeah, it's super cool. And They'll say, like, I viewed the source, and the source is mostly HTML. 
I have a lot of dinosaur ASCII art inside of it. Uh-huh. And they show their kids <laughs> that. And their kids are like, this is so rad. There are dinosaurs in the code. And they're like, I taught my kid HTML and also had to like show them how to put ASCII art in comments so that they can have, they really just want dinosaurs in the code. And it's like, I don't care how they want to get to the point of like wanting to learn a code. If it's dinosaurs or whatever, or like Weezer fan pages like mine. I just dinosaur and I got, I think, a husky. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, everything yeah. I draw comes out of a yeah. Siberian husky. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you combining dinosaurs and ASCII art, it's like when my kid finds some weird online mashup of Minecraft and nine other video games. Like I'm like, those can go together. So it's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. One of the things I always poke at is how people got started coding, got started playing with making machines do their will. Was your sort of first experience, you said poking at websites, getting into the source, or did you start playing with other stuff first? Well, my Aunt Margie got me this like little VTech laptop computer that had like a one by two inch screen but was the size of an original ThinkPad. (laughs) And there was like a hangman game on it written in basic and there was like a for children one about death. Yeah. So there's a mode where you can view the source code of the basic. And so I on a VTech toy. uh, Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't guess that. So I learned how it was made and I hacked it to always have the same three possible words, I guess solutions. And I made them very different in length, so I knew what they were. And then I would bet my younger half-sister candy in this hangman game, and I was always going to win because I was the one feeding the solution. I want to point out that I was going to make a dumb joke about how you were probably violating the end-user license agreement, and instead it turned out that was the beginning of like a crime spree where you set up a casino to cheat unknowing children out of their money. Mm-hmm. You were awesome. I'm so in awe right now. So basically, you had this criminal enterprise. That's how you got started. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, what do I want to do now where I'm thinking of like college and stuff? And I'm like, I want to build spaceships. That sounds easy. So I was going to go into school for space engineering. And then it was like too much money. I was broke. I was living on my own (laughs) already. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was homeless for like the second half of my senior high school. Wow. And so I was like, well, I need some actual stability and I don't want to go too far. And I got a scholarship to like go to whatever state university in New Jersey I wanted to go to. And Montclair State, where I got both of my degrees and worked as an administrator, the department chair at the time was this woman, Dorothy Dreamer. And she called me. I don't know how she found my like personal number, but whatever. Everything's like public these days. And she was like, I want you to come here. And I was like, a woman in charge, computer science. That sounds great. And then I did it and got into web stuff. So I started much later, I guess, than the rest of my current, like really close friends who are programmers who were like doing it since, you know, their dads brought home computers right. when they were like seven and whatever. But yeah, it was a very interesting path. Well, that's an amazing story. I mean, not that it was caused by, but it started at, a, it sounds like a very challenging time in your life and helped you transition to some extent into something. That... Yeah. I feel like everything I end up doing is very impulsive and I wait for just things to happen to me, which sometimes happens to a fault. With the role that I'm in now, I was kind of like, you know, late last year I was doing consulting and I was like, I've fallen out of love with it, but I was just like, I'll just keep doing it because that's when I'm here. And then Anil approached me and told me about GoMix and this idea for this community engineer role. And I was like, this is what I want to do because I've been, you know, on Twitter and stuff besides all my jokes. My main mission is to make code learning accessible to everybody. And people think just to new people, but in this discipline, we're always learning. And so that applies to everybody. And also just making it where I just want to be in a room where I'm okay with like asking questions all the time when I need it. Because I just feel like that it's unproductive and inefficient otherwise. 
most of the culture, most of the community that I see now is not on board with that. And so my mission now is to make that like a reality again, or if it has ever been. And so this role really will help me do that. And Anil is like completely on board, of course. And I feel like we're a really good pair and me with the rest of the team are a great team to like move this forward and do some actual good, even if it's with a tech product. That's awesome. So you referenced feeling like there's not enough or it's not common enough to have an environment where people feel super comfortable asking questions. Do you mean that you feel like today people are too uncomfortable expressing not knowing things? Or what do you mean with regard to people not being comfortable enough with the fact that they're trying to learn something in that group setting? I think that I ask questions all the time. And I'm at the point in my career, and maybe age is a thing, but like I don't care if people think it's annoying that I ask a lot of questions. But I do have a filter, and sometimes I'll be like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. But fortunately, I have my phone on me and I can look it up. You know what I mean? And so that sort of facilitates the holding back from letting everyone know that maybe I don't understand something. And normally, if you don't understand something in a large group, there's probably someone else who's like waiting for someone else to ask and stuff like that. And I think that's always been the case. And with programming, I used to teach workshops for middle school girls to build computers and sometimes physically build computers. Physically build computers. Together, yeah. Okay. I would bring computers I built and have them take it apart and put it back together. And they were always very hesitant to go in until one person started. Even if I said, go ahead, take it apart. And they're like, what if we bring it? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just go ahead. And usually I'd have to just go and just rip the hard drive out. And then like, okay, we're all like good to go. You know, it's right. like a hive mind kind of thing. Sure. And the internet is like that as well. I mean, there have been studies on moderation. I read a white paper earlier. I'll have to find a link. But it was whenever somebody responded in a conversation with like a smiley face, more people would respond in a happy manner as well. Sure. But if nobody did, it just didn't change emotion. So a lot of people are waiting for permission to be like helpful or provide positive feedback and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people in tech are more likely to provide negative, non-constructive feedback, because we're all trying to prove ourselves in whatever group we're in. I've seen some of that modeling behavior, right? If it's not deliberate, it's yeah. people do a thing and then other people model it. But I know you've done a bunch of work, or at least been talking about how feedback happens online, right? How people interact. And that's something we're super interested in. We think about a lot and struggle to understand something. But what are the other things that you're seeing happening or you're seeing either working or not working today? Well, I think that there's this joke that, you know, millennials don't have any attention span. And that's because we keep creating these products that are just tiny text boxes that provide only like 140 characters and all that sort of stuff like that. And so they say like nobody's reading the entire thing. And when I write satire, my expectation is that people are going to read up until a point where they're angry and then that's it. (laughs) But that's not just young people, because when you think of the whole like, quote, fake news epidemic that's going on in the media, and I quote fake news because I think that's a horrible phrase for malicious propaganda. Ironically, you love fake quotes. I love fake quotes. Because <laughs> that's my yeah. favorite part of your articles or posts is there's almost always a series of quotations that are obviously not accurate or misattributed. Or... Yeah. So if you have a really short attention span, you will be misled by your writing. Yeah. 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 And I like so I, like that. I don't really write satire much anymore, but I use Medium and Medium yeah. gives you the stats of on average how much time someone spent on your article and very rarely surpassed 25%. The average millennial licks the page once and moves on is my right, understanding. Right. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. Lick? You've seen these kids and their attention span and the licking and the entitlement to licking. And okay. Sorry, I wanted to group a whole generation into one big stereotype. Go on. Okay. I shall defend the millennials. Oh, excellent. Oh, this is going to be good. I don't, I'm terrified. No, I'm still exhausted from my rant about it. <laughs> you okay, Joel? Are you okay? <laughs> CSV exports. 
you should take a nap in one of the associate beach houses this evening. Oh, I, will. Right? I will. I will. I think I will. You should write a CSV exporter Thank on Glitch. You. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. <laughs> I probably have. Wait a minute. If someone built like a calendar date picker and you're like, I don't like this, and there was that remix on Glitch yes. button, you could click remix and fix it. Yeah. You know, and you can import and export to GitHub so you can make PRs on their projects. And go to the like place that. where they program my bank. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Find, Demand. The, find the millennial that made that date picker. It'd be like, send this to your people. I think to get your bank to accept a pull request, you have to actually go to the physical bank. Um, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, the teller, so. tellers you can handle send pull your requests. Avi there and Second Life to their location. Yeah. So I've seen you talking a bit about how people in the tech community can or should get more involved with activism, with the kind of broader goals of society. How should we think about that? Well, one, I think the people not thinking about it is a problem. I you spoke... trying to tell us how to think. That's what it <laughs> yeah, sounds like. Okay, no, I'll that's what it. I'm here for. That's what you I know? want. That's why I don't want to work you're, so hard You're a this. community person. Like, we're here to like make people think a certain way. And I think that being more in tune with what's going on today all over the world, but you don't have to like think of it in the greater scheme of things. If you think of it more locally, yep. like, you know, let's say what's going on in New York, you know, there's a lot of protests and there's like a big, you know, democratic socialist movement, especially like in Brooklyn going on and being aware of people are upset and they're scared and they're angry. And there's like a million things that we all can do, but we have to somehow organize, yep. figure out what tools we have, what skills we have, and how can we use that for the greater good? I saw a group of developers and I was like what can we do and they're just like we have to like unionize tech and i was like well let's think of how are we going to help the people who aren't in tech you know like the people who are being denied entry into the u.s one i like i really don't care about the tech community right now as a whole i'm focused on these more abrupt well, we're not things. the community most in need right we may be in the community right. in a good position to contribute or participate but we're far from the neediest right and that's hard to convince some people that that's not the case. We all have our own struggles, right, but you can exactly. lose perspective. Exactly, yes. yeah. So Hack and Y had an alumni group thing, and I yep. gave a talk, and basically I ended it because I ad-lib most of this stuff was like, if you're working on something in tech and it's not meaningful to you and it's not helping other people, you're probably wasting your time. You need to like think about some things probably. You know, I get told, oh, you're always talking about like your mission. That's so weird. I'm like, well, don't you have a mission? What are your goals for what you're working on? And even when I was working as a cook at Outback Steakhouse, I had a mission. It had nothing to do- I know what do. my next question is going to be. <laughs> I had nothing to do with peeling, deveining shrimp and cooking steaks and stuff like that. But it was just my mission right now is to get myself to a point of stability where I can get a good job in tech. But I got to get through college first and I right. have to like pay for that, you know. And if I graduate college, I wanted to be a professor because I was like, I want to teach computer science to people and teach women how to like build computers and program and stuff. When you cook steak at Outback, can you just be like, no, don't give me your rules. There are no rules here. This is Outback Steakhouse. No rules just right. No, you can't cook it for 47 minutes. I'm sorry. I'm making fun of Outbacks. No rules. I just did not know that we would have that exciting tidbit that you worked at Outback. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> My Twitter bio, I've been at Fog Creek for like over a month, like a month, a few days. 
and guys people were have been so like, sneaky about this. I feel very deepest darkest secret. secret. Yeah. <laughs> and that guy Anil, he's never out in public. Yeah. Everything's behind the control. Okay. <laughs> so people have been asking like, where have you been working or whatever? And I've just been giving fake things or just avoiding sure, it, or whatever. And lies. so my Twitter That's bio true. says, I used to work at Apex Steakhouse, but now I have another job. <laughs> <laughs> With rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out there are rules. No right. Fog Creek. <laughs> But I was walking around past Wall Street and I guess somebody had seen me and a friend of mine was like, oh, my coworker saw you walking by Wall Street. And he was like, I think I know why Jen Schiffer's not talking about her job. I think she works on Wall Street now. She doesn't want anybody to know. <laughs> so then it was like whenever someone said, oh, where are you working? I'm like, not Enron. Nice. But, yeah, nice. So. I'm going to assume that you're helping Goldman Sachs make some sort of, I don't know. Yeah. And that's how you change the subject from Outback Steakhouse. Nice. <laughs> well played. What else do you want people to know, developers to think about? What should we be thinking about? Well, I mean, I'm a developer, and let me see what I feel like I should be thinking. I should be thinking, what are my needs to thrive so that I can help others? It's like, you know when they say when you're on the airplane and the masks, the masks come yeah. down, they're like, before you help someone else, help you yourself. You can't change the world till you get 12 gummy bears a day, or I don't right. know for you, but... I guess that's a yeah. thing, but yeah. what do I need to thrive as an engineer and someone who can help other people thrive? If part of your mission is paying it forward to other people, I feel like that's a good start. Yep, love it. So like if I'm making, what was one of the fake, the Daily Fox... You know, like, online dating apps are like the missions. Oh, I want to connect people. And you know what I mean? Yeah. With Suzanne Summers in this case. But, right. Yeah. Right. And it's okay. Well, I want to build like an online dating app because, you know, one, there's like a ton of them. They seem to be doing well. So maybe mine sure. will do well. It's like the frozen yogurt shop of apps. Is frozen yogurt still like a big thing? <laughs> they, they freeze it still and people eat that. Yeah. Frozen. It's like an easy yeah. business model. Yeah. Like all you need are the machines and like a teenager to run them for you. It's like a cheap thing. Yeah. Like yeah. dating apps that don't have algorithms could be like that you know is that helping people it could be they're finding happiness right, they're soulmate. right. Who knows? so it doesn't Maybe. have to be like everything you do has to be an activist kind of thing also volunteer you know what i mean yeah there are a lot of organizations that if you can't help them out with their website and stuff like that kind of like anil is really involved in the lower east side girls club which is awesome sure. and he yep. like helps them with their website and stuff like that to make sure that they get donations coming through and that's a really awesome thing lower east side girls club if i had that when i was homeless and trying to learn a skill really quickly before i went to college so i felt like i had some sort of meaning or a goal that i can actually reach that would have been so awesome so finding things like that are like really great and you can volunteer skills or Give money. People love money. You know? You like, can use it to purchase goods and services. And, right. Yeah. Right. What a great match, you and Anil. Yeah. I feel like it works. I've worked for really great people. And then there was Anil. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to love this episode because he's been talked about. This is great. You know? It's part of my job is I have to name drop him. You're do welcome, you have to Anil. Do anything to do with Prince? Is that in your job description? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's really actually, weird that you did not get that in there. No, no. You have to bring me one Prince memorabilia every week or something. Her original offering. title was Chief of the New Power Generation Department, but it, <laughs> it was hard for people to Got say, it. and they put air quotes when they said it. It was all very... Yeah. <laughs> so when we talk about people getting involved in things, you make a pretty awesome case for it in case people didn't actually want to be good people. Everyone should pick things that resonate with them, but just in case people are looking for inspiration, trying to hear about what are some of your favorite groups or causes that you would encourage anyone to consider? Well, I think of the ones that I personally am involved in, because there's a lot of stuff out there. I think one thing that engineers or anybody else can do if they 
are okay with large groups of people and stuff like that is go to marches and protests. That's where activism really can be born. If you're not an activist, like go there, you can meet other people and learn about what's going on and like you can get started. But I know that being in large groups of people, especially with cops everywhere and stuff, could be really intimidating. You know, going on Twitter and looking out for, you could follow like March hashtags and there's lots of like activism hashtags yeah. and stuff like that and different movements that you can follow the people who are talking about it and you can find out info from what they're talking about and also learning more about those movements. Just like I was saying before, I'm very online, super logged on, and I feel like a lot of people are also. Yep. And so like take advantage of that and see what people are talking about outside of the tech bubble. There used to be a point where my Twitter feed was mostly the JavaScript framework wars. And then I was more following people outside of that. I was following a lot of journalists. Yep. I was following a lot of media people and then following activists. I'm more enriched with knowing what's going on and I have a better idea of who to reach out to if I want to help but don't know where to start. Awesome. And so just like opening your eyes and ears, you know, sometimes like put the code editor away. Even if it's glitch, you can like lower the tab for a while. Mm. Not, too but not too long. Yeah, not you guys have long. a business to run here. Yeah, not too long. And if you go to glitch.com slash community, we have this community page of all these building block apps, cool things people have done. And I think there's a page there that lists a lot of activist apps that are there. Oh, cool. And a lot of people are using it to like map data to help people get a better understanding of like the issues that are happening locally or all over. And that's something we're trying to do is be a vehicle for people who have a lot of data or are looking for things to do with data. We can help you match you with like different developers or I have been building stuff also for people to like prototype this app really quick and then you can use it and you know, it's really cool. Activists need tech, movements need tech and it's just trying to figure out a way to make it easier for them to organize all this stuff. Because right now, more than ever, we're like in a state of urgency for getting this help out. Well, just, I mean, Joel really highlighted earlier the tragedy of not getting CSV files in the way you need them. And I mean, there's, this is things. How will you serious. pay for your beach house if you can't get the CSV file? Well, life is so hard, huh? <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's a slippery slope, okay? <laughs> 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 I wish our audience could see the face Joel made and then him scanning the board for an appropriately disagreeing button to press. And then hitting laughter. Yeah. But also, Planned Parenthood needs a lot of help. They can be defunded at any moment. As someone who has needed Planned Parenthood when I was like homeless and broke and needed reproductive yeah. care, I would not be alive right now if it wasn't for them. And, you know... They can be defunded at any moment and they need a lot of help. And they're also like really great. If you don't have money, you know, they're always looking for people to be escorts for their patients there, which I think is needed now more than ever. Get people in and out safely. Is that the. Yeah, get in like, safely. Deal with yeah. Pressure yeah. And, okay, yeah. And now that there are a lot of people who are counter protesting the Planned Parenthood protesters, which is something your Planned Parenthood has said, please don't do. I think they need escorts more than ever now that there's all this attention. I always worry about the women who are trying to go and there's all this like craziness more so than before happening. So we need more people to help them stay safe so they can feel okay going. I mean, I can talk for hours about the issues around people's idea of what Planned Parenthood is. It's a good organization and needs help. And so that's like a good start. Give them money. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing so much. A lot of inspirational stories. Please follow Jen Schiffer on Medium or Twitter at, at Jen Schiffer. Again, genmoney.biz. Jen has two N's in it. And it's also the way to spell go it. to make8bitart.com. I did. I did. 
Oh look! Oh, I we're gonna we'll something. share in the show notes. Alana has already crafted. This is so much better than mine. Masterpiece. Like a oh. Five. Oh, nice patterns. Oh. Yeah. What's okay. sad now is I can say factually, Alana and my five-year-old and three-year-old can make better art in three minutes than I could make in twelve hours, even with a pixel art tool. Thank you for being with us, and I hope you will stick around to talk about the news or other very important issues of the day we may have. Shall we do some news? Let's. <laughs> National Women's Day, the Rapid API blog dug into analyzing how many of Stack Overflow's top-ranked 3,479 users are women. The answer was one. One. No. No, no, wait. We've mixed two statistics in a way that makes it sound even worse. Okay. So first of all, always interested in seeing these types of analyses. We are very interested in who does and does not participate, how inclusive the community is. Correct. And where people are self-selecting for various reasons, all these things. But here's what they did. They took the top 3,479 profiles by total reputation. 1,515 of those had an image of a human face, and that face had some discernible gender. One of their goals here, I think, was to play with their facial recognition slash gender recognition software. And then they worked out what they could discover about that by slicing that data various ways. And so they found that 5.6% of the people with feminine masculine identifiable faces were feminine and 94%-ish were masculine. The top 100 Stack Overflow users, this was the kind of shocking statistic, but I think there's an analysis here. The top 100 Stack Overflow users have 77 masculine profiles, 21 unclassified, and only one feminine, which sounds super, super sad. Wait, they're still they're missing one then. They round to the nearest human and there's a rounding. No, that makes no sense. You're right. There are some odd... They dropped some numbers so in There's here. one extra unclassified, super so duper unclassified. There's probably some legitimate skew problems in the community that are worth digging into a little one bit. One thing, it's really weird that they're looking at avatars because very few people are actually just putting a picture of their face as a Stack Overflow avatar. Also, I think that applying a gender binary to like a data set is extremely problematic and also very boring and basic. So yeah, like, true. just the analysis begin with. You guys are basic. I mean, also having very few women, which I think is known in the top whatever of Stack Overflow, yep. is also like problematic and maybe basic sure. but you know just to critique the analysis i just see a lot of people at the time like oh we have this cool thing where we can like detect gender and it's like humans can't detect gender so like why are we trying to get machines to do it it's not going to be right we're programming the machines it's just a very boring and annoying trend that i'm seeing and then you can write these clickbaity articles but yeah also why aren't there more women yeah. Also, the thing I worry about there is representation, right? So I, I totally agree. Like the binary thing is kind of weird here. And the fact that they're sort of assuming people's genders based on their profiles is super problematic. But representation matters. And I worry about people who are thinking about joining tech and who are looking, you know, and all they see are these profile pictures. And so yeah. they look around and see there's nobody who looks at all like me or I think is like me. And then they think, well, I don't belong here. That's annoying too. I think the narrative of what the problem is has to flip. We keep saying, like, women are less likely to participate. I know we're not, like, blaming women, but when you say women are blank, yeah. blank, blank, you're putting the onus on this very large group, general group of people, instead of saying the community is not providing a space that is attractive to women to be a part of. I think that's fair. And it's just like a social and a psychological thing where like, when you frame it that way, yeah. you're more likely to get to the root of what you think the issue is. Yeah. And the issue is a business end thing, not a user end thing. How are you going to convince all women that they don't just have to be consumers of this? Can we just tell you something you'll tell them all for us? Would that work? Because yeah. that has worked women? for me so far. <laughs> I, I think that's right. It's like, How do we keep questioning 
what is it about the site that would have to be different to make it, and forget women specifically, but I think that's one of the many groups we should think about, to make it so everyone feels like they could participate, they'd want to. They'd well, one of the, okay, so wait, hold on. I'm a gay man. And I regularly get email from people saying that they did not think that they could participate in the community of programmers because they saw no role models that were gay in that community, which is odd because I think they're very well represented in software development, but they're just maybe not so visible or maybe they're all in Oakland, California or something. I don't know. I don't want to know stereotypes, but I've gotten that email so many times. People saying, hey, when I saw you, it made me realize I could participate in this community that I realized just how important it is for there to be uh, visible participants, essentially. You could describe it as Jen did, as the community has to create a safe space for members of a particular community to feel like they can come in. And I'm now destroying the way you said it, but another way of putting it is that the community has to be such that their assumption is that they could participate. And two things, number one is I would like nothing more than for Stack Overflow to feel like a place with all kinds of people that made everybody feel like they can contribute. And that there are actually some forms of diversity, for example, geographic diversity, that are very interesting on Stack Overflow. Like the front page of the user site shows people from all over the world. I don't want to say that it's like, hey, no, we're fine. We got this geographic representation. I want to say that that's actually kind of neat. I also want to say that the statistic for me that was interesting is that 22% of these people, you cannot figure out whether they are male or female. And so this is actually a community that, if anything, the first thing you can see on Stack Overflow is I don't need to worry about my gender identity. And as you start to dig into the site, you discover, because the conversations are so strictly about programming things, that if anything, there's a broadcasting, that there is an opportunity here to participate in a non-gendered way, which there isn't, for example, on Facebook, where the minute you try to have an identity that doesn't use your real name and with a picture that looks like a fairly real picture, they start yelling at you. Yeah. I wish people who are comfortable and feel safe, we'd see more of them. But I do think, to the point Jen was getting at, how do we think about attacking problems from our side that make it more appealing, more comfortable, more, and I mean to everybody, but including these groups. And there was actually a paper, they did an analysis of men versus women on Stack Overflow using a different, I think mostly on the names, when they could get it from the names. And again, they're guessing and it's oversimplified, but it was interesting. And what they did is they kind of did a data analysis and they crunched people and then they surveyed a few people, you know, a decent sample and got like, why did you post? Why didn't you post? To kind of get these standardizations of people don't post because of this concern or that concern or don't join because of this or that. And then they use that medium sample to do a large sample and what they found, I think, was it wasn't like, oh, well, you do these things that women hate, men love. It's not that simple. But what they did find was there are things that, right or wrong, people worry about that prevent them from participating and joining. So I thought I'd be told I did it wrong, or I thought I wasn't the right person to answer, or yeah. various concerns that you can find are pretty common. And what they found pretty clearly was they are broad concerns most developers have, but they tested much more significantly some of them with women than men. And that concerns me. Like, it's not that there's this thing that makes it terrible for women and great for men, but it's like that problem that keeps too many people out that we wish didn't exist is actually keeping out more women as a percentage than men. And that's something we want to get better at. We want to understand better and think about how to adjust. So, like, we can't solve this problem, like, right now in this podcast, and I can't solve it. I, I haven't like been able to solve it. you misrepresented what you could do for I us know, when we invited you on. But All what right. I can say is, let's say that this blog was correct and that there's only that one woman that's not surprising to me at all if that were real a bunch of people express some sort of surprise because it's a scary number but that's the norm most women are going into a community assuming that they're not going to be represented or underrepresented and so companies have to work harder to make them feel that way because we as women are working harder to make ourselves known and so that's like that's your starting point, like having that frame of mind and now go on and solve all the problems of the world. Yeah. And I think, I mean, somewhat resonated with me in this piece is like, there's a lot of stuff where like, what you see is like, there's behaviors on Stack Overflow, which 
the moderation is really good, right? And really bad stuff gets told instantly. And there's a general air of at least surface civility that really does permeate it. It works pretty well, but there is, we all know, right? When you come in new and you didn't read every single page and get certain things right, it can be challenging to get started. And what you often get is like, you come to help and someone sort of says, you did it wrong. And it seems like maybe you're not qualified to be doing this. And that doesn't happen a ton, but it happens often enough that a lot of people see it. And I think it's annoying to everyone. And people who come and they have that experience, they're like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that again when it happens to them or they see it happen to someone else. But I think for men, like, they haven't encountered that much and they don't like it. But when that's an experience that because you're in some group, you feel like actually you're underestimated regularly for some reason, it's a bigger deal. And that's where I think we see some of that skew. And the problem fundamentally bothers me. And it bothers me more if it means an existing underrepresentation is exacerbated. And I think to your point, to the extent we can think about, like, how do we message it differently? How do we make this light work differently in little ways that kind of sand off those edges and improve it is something we continually think about. It's this crazy, huge helping engine, right? And the fact that anybody would feel like they can't be part of it who's willing to is something that I think is a missed opportunity for us. It's a cultural problem. And I'll say why women would feel underestimated. I mean, my last consulting project was six months of me constantly having to prove myself, unlike the rest of my coworkers having to, to a male manager who would just flat out say she doesn't know that much or people calling me junior. I'm a good engineer. I'm not entry level. I've been doing this for a while and it gets exhausting. And so why am I, when I'm at home trying to learn something, going to subject some strangers to be able to right. tell me, I don't know. You know what I mean? And they probably wouldn't. They would mostly be appreciative, but it happens enough that that interaction happens. You're assuming it's going to happen online because yeah. it happens everywhere else online. Yeah. And so. it does. It happens here occasionally too. I don't say it doesn't. It's just, I think you don't have to see a lot of it to be afraid it's everywhere. Do you want to name that person? Give his address so our listeners can send him a box of bees. <laughs> Never mind. That's probably not. That's, that's probably not the right solution. We have a new feature on the podcast, which is the ability to send us questions. Ooh. We had a question last time we answered it, but that was just somebody emailed me, and I don't want that to become a general protocol. But if you do have questions, suggestions, comments, or you want to comment on anything you said on this show, you can record an MP3 or Ogvorbis file and email it <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> They're laughing at Og Vorbis. We got one back in the days. Dot like car file? It's karaoke a, it's for committee. people that are boycotting <laughs> MB3s because, uh, I don't know. To podcast at stackoverflow.com. That's the email address there. It used to be a phone number you could call, but there's not going to be a phone number anymore. The phones no longer <laughs> exist. Stop it. Please do not call. Well, you have gone and wasted another hour of your life listening to Stack Overflow podcast number 104, recorded Thursday, March 9th, 2017 at Stack Overflow headquarters. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend, spread the word. We need more subscribers. This podcast is brought to you by Nightmare 20,000 Feet. Remember, kids, there are no gremlins on the wings of airplanes. Go back to your Nintendo Switch. Switch! Or Ethan Ritalin. Our audio engineer is Carlos Hernandez. Audio editor is David Greenlee. Technology concierge Michael Rosa. Producer is Jess Purdue. Executive producer is Caitlin Pike. For Jen Shepard, David Fulton, Jay Hanlon, Ian Ilani Skaki. I'm Joel Spolsky. Have a not entirely terrible day. Yay! Goodbye. Bye. 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 I'm not optimistic about this rant's future, but let's keep going and see where we go. Is it egotistic <laughs> to think that whole thing was just to f*** with me? Like, is that too much? Too, it feels like that's self-involved. Just to watch me panic as I imagine this getting through editing somehow. Okay. <laughs> can't possibly, can't possibly get through editing. You see the metaphor, though. When you get a CSV download capability, it is like, I can't say anything today.
Just start all over. The post is more about an image recognition API, but the interesting wait, bit... Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, sorry. That David. is not copy written for you to read. <laughs> Somehow like a jackass commenter on Hacker News just got the reporter to read it back with oh. his comment. At least I'm not the only one that's getting deleted out of this podcast. That's my joke, that's my joke. It's funnier when Joel says it. Thank you, David. Pseudo make me a sandwich.